Hello, and welcome to Muskegon History and Beyond with the Lakeshore Museum Center. This episode is the second part of our two-part look into the history of the cleanup of White Lake. At the end of the first part, we had reached the early 1980s. OxyChem, formerly Hooker Chemical, had built its Temple of Doom as a containment solution for contaminated soil. Muskegon Chemical had discovered and repaired a leak in their waste lines, and the White Lake community was slowly beginning to realize the severity of the environmental disaster before them. Since much of this episode will be focused on the EPA and other organizations' response to the White Lake area, the beginning of this episode will focus on the origin of the EPA and other government agencies responsible for the environment across the United States. In the United States, the conversation about the environment and what humans were doing to it began in the 1960s. That decade saw the publication of Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. California experienced an oil spill that covered miles of Pacific Ocean beachfront, and the Cuyahoga River was so polluted in Cleveland that it burst into flames. At the federal level, President Richard Nixon was responding to growing public concerns about water, air, and land pollution with a 37-point message to Congress about the environment. One of these points was a concern over the dumping of waste into the Great Lakes. Nixon also created a council to look into how the federal government could organize their many different environmental programs to better address concerns. As a result of the council's recommendations, Nixon went to Congress in 1970 with a plan to create a new federal agency dedicated to the environmental responsibilities held by the federal government. Congress approved, and the EPA was officially organized on December 2, 1970. The first EPA action in the Great Lakes area was in 1972. In a joint effort, the United States and Canada agreed to clean up the Great Lakes. In 1978, the EPA began the phase-out of chlorofluorocarbons, CFCs, which was one of the components used by the Montague DuPont chemical plant in their creation of Freon products. In 1980, as a response to the Love Canal disaster, Congress passed the Comprehensive Environmental Response, Compensation, and Liability Act, also called the Superfund Act, which authorized EPA to identify parties responsible for contamination of sites and compel those parties to clean up the sites. Currently, Muskegon County is home to nine Superfund sites on the national priority list, all at different stages of cleanup and remediation. In 1987, the Great Lakes Water Quality Agreement between the U.S. and Canada established 43 of the most polluted areas in the Great Lakes as areas of concern. 26 sites were in the U.S., 12 in Canada, and five crossed the international boundary, leaving responsibility with both nations. This agreement determined 14 Beneficial Use Impairments, BUIs, these are reasons why the water, land, animals, and people can't enjoy the area. A location does not need to have all 14 BUIs to qualify as an area of concern. Further, each area of concern location is reviewed by the International Joint Commission every three years. Muskegon County had two of the 43 areas of concern, Muskegon Lake and White Lake. The initial focus in White Lake was the OxyChem site with its Temple of Doom, the tannery 
and municipal wastewater discharges. That focus eventually grew to include the DuPont facility in Montague and the Whitehall Wastewater Treatment Facility. White Lake was viewed as a low priority area of concern since the contamination was not found to impact Lake Michigan and the greatest health threat to the public, the Oxychem site, had been dealt with. The Michigan DNR released a remedial action plan in 1987 in accordance with the area of concern guidelines, but gave no clear directions on what should be prioritized to rehabilitate the lake. In 1992, the Lake Michigan Federation, now the Alliance for the Great Lakes, applied for grant funds to work with local citizens in Muskegon County to focus the cleanup efforts for both lakes. The grants were awarded and the White Lake Public Advisory Council formed. This group provided a driving force for action and solutions for White Lake and created a space for the community to be involved in the cleanup process. In 1995, pushed by both the White Lake and Muskegon Lake Public Advisory Councils, the state created new remedial action plans. These action plans were completed with involvement from the local communities impacted by the areas of concern. A key thing done at this time was to identify which of the 14 possible beneficial use impairments impacted White Lake. The White Lake Public Advisory Council formally identified eight. They are restriction on dredging activities, the eutrophication or undesirable algae, degradation of benthos, restrictions on fish and wildlife consumption, loss of fish and wildlife habitat, degradation of fish and wildlife populations, restrictions on drinking water or taste and odor problems with water, and the degradation of aesthetics. This provided new priorities for White Lake, in addition to the groundwater and soil cleanup identified in 1987. The new priorities were the cleanup of pollution created by the tannery and addressing fish and wildlife habitat problems. These priorities allowed for a study of the lake habitat, and in 2005, these studies were used as a blueprint for restoring the lake and lakeshore habitat for fish and wildlife. The big undertaking for the White Lake area became the tannery. Whitehall Leather closed in 2000, and 91,000 cubic yards of contaminated sediments were removed in 2002 and 2003 for disposal at a landfill in Coopersville. The sediment was found to have chromium, arsenic, and mercury, along with animal hide and hair. Remediation at the tannery site was completed in 2011 although additional sediments were discovered and removed in 2013. In 2010, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative was created by Congress. It was the largest targeted investment for environmental programs in the Great Lakes in decades. The GLRI creates action plans for a variety of issues affecting the Great Lakes watershed, from pollution to invasive species control to restoring habitats. The GLRI identifies projects and provides funding to a wide range of federal agencies along with state and local partners. Much of the GLRI's focus is on funding restoration projects for the areas of concern. In White Lake, earlier work done by the White Lake Public Advisory Council on habitat studies allowed for the White Lake area to be among the first to secure funding for projects. 
After the passage of the GLRI, remedial activities in White Lake progressed rapidly. The first beneficial use impairment, restriction on dredging activities, was removed in 2011. 2012 saw two more BUIs removed, and 2013 saw the removal of restrictions on fish and wildlife consumption. In 2014, the last BUIs were removed for the White Lake area. With this success, the EPA officially delisted White Lake as an area of concern. Here is a portion of that report. Restoration and removal of the beneficial use impairments. The White Lake AOC had eight out of 14 possible BUIs. Over nearly 30 years of the existence of the AOC program, millions of dollars were spent remediating toxic pollution and restoring natural systems in the White Lake area, largely outside the realm of regulatory programs. Significant advances were achieved in the White Lake area of concern through years of collaborative efforts among diverse stakeholder groups. The results of those efforts could not possibly be duplicated through regulatory programs alone. Thanks largely to the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative that began in 2010, tremendous progress was made that would not otherwise have been possible in such a short time frame. All eight BUIs have now been removed with the help of countless individuals and many diverse organizations, businesses, and government agencies. It is recognized that White Lake is not a pristine ecological system, but it has been returned to a state that is comparable with other similar lakes in the area that did not suffer the severe consequences of an industrial history. Delisting recommendation. The transformation of this AOC is a significant success story in the overall restoration and protection of the Great Lakes. The restoration from a highly contaminated and nutrient-rich lake to a sport fishing destination with successfully reproducing fish and wildlife populations is a result of long-term and substantial commitments from many partners over many years. These changes result in this recommendation to delist the White Lake AOC. All eight BUIs have been removed, and environmental conditions in the White Lake AOC are once again comparable to non-AOC locations in the Great Lakes. All local sources of impairments have been addressed to the extent possible, and all BUI restoration criteria have been met. The Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, with the concurrence of the White Lake Public Advisory Council, recommends delisting the White Lake AOC. The EPA then further lists the acknowledgments and appreciation. I'll read a section of that. The number of individuals and organizations that have made the restoration of White Lake possible is huge. It is not possible to name each and every one of them here. However, it is important to recognize that community members whose homes are in the White Lake area were absolutely critical to the success of this process. Without the dedication, commitment, and support of White Lake Public Advisory Council members past and present, the Muskegon Conservation District, Muskegon County, the cities of Whitehall and Montague, area townships, Grand Valley State University, the White Lake Area Chamber of Commerce, concerned citizens, and legislators at the state and federal levels, White Lake might have remained an AOC for years to come. Your efforts are deeply appreciated. Thank you. Similarly, staff members of several state and federal agencies deserve appreciation for their hard work and commitment to achieving the delisting of White Lake, including the Michigan DNR, the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality, the EPA, 
the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and others. Finally, thank you to the staff of the U.S. EPA's Great Lakes National Program Office, staff of the International Joint Commission, White Lake Public Advisory Council members, and staff of the Michigan Department of Environmental Quality's Office of the Great Lakes for providing valuable input on the development of this final delisting report. This report is on the EPA's website should you wish to look up the entire report that I read small portions of just now. To date, White Lake is one of nine delisted areas of concern in the Great Lakes. Delisting is not an end to the environmental recovery of the White Lake ecosystem. Various agencies, state, local, and federal, have responsibilities to monitor and document any future changes in the area. Additionally, remediation activities at the DuPont and OxyCamp facilities are ongoing. There is also continued habitat restoration undertaken by the Muskegon County Conservation District, but overall White Lake is a success. White Lake is not perfect, as recent MLive articles highlighted the 40-year problem for residents near the former wastewater treatment facility who cannot drink their well water. But the area has come a long way from the first environmental concerns raised in the 1960s. The White Lake Public Advisory Council still exists. The area still receives funding through the GLRI, and two environmental projects are ongoing. Habitat restoration along the lakefront is being done by the Muskegon County Conservation District, and the City of Whitehall is undergoing a urban stormwater management program. From 2011 to 2019, the GLRI had an annual budget of $300 million. After an initial budget in 2020 would have cut the program by 90%, the GLRI was renewed in 2020 with funding for another five years, with an increase to $475 million per year. In the end, the White Lake community undertook a massive project to restore White Lake. The lake will never be exactly the same as it was when Charles Mears built his first sawmill, but it is improving. With continued environmental stewardship, it can remain an important piece of the community. If you would like more information about past and present community actions for White Lake, please visit RestoringWhiteLake.com, where you can find information on the White Lake Public Advisory Council. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of Muskegon History Beyond, a podcast from the Lakeshore Museum Center. <music>